What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Rants and Revelations, the podcast that you never know when it's coming. Am I right, guys? Get it? Because uh, it's been a while since I've done an episode. Uh, I toyed around with the idea of doing a thing where it's like, new episode every this day. But to be honest, I don't know. I, <clears throat> I'm not sure. I Because it's more of like a for fun thing for me, I don't really know if I'm going to make it such a serious thing where I do it on a specific date or a specific day every week. Although I guess, you know, if some people message me and they're like, yeah, no, I really like listening to it and I would love it more often. I mean, I suppose I, I might do it. So I, I didn't really think there was much of a demand for it. Um, although I did get an email uh, from someone. I don't know what I did with it. Hold on. I might have deleted it. Not like maliciously or anything, but... Somebody emailed me and was like, hey, I just thought you'd like to know that your podcast is like the 30 most, 30th most listened to podcast in Iceland or, or some shit. And I was like, what? Like, uh, okay. And then I looked at like the, I don't even know what they're called, like the the analytics. Um, yeah, I guess that would be it. The analytics on the podcast hosting service I use, Podbean, and... Uh, it seems like it was doing pretty good, actually. Like, not phenomenally, but I guess considering I'm not really trying too hard to be a podcaster, it was pretty good. Um, but honestly, guys, lately, um, as much as I would like to do it more often, just because it's kind of fun for me, like just sitting here at my desk and basically just talking, um, it's almost kind of uh, like a it's almost kind of like a cathartic kind of release in a way, um, as odd as it sounds. Um, but lately I haven't really, I haven't gotten many emails like with stuff specifically to talk about. And I haven't really felt like getting into anything too heavy. Um, a lot of the times I, you know, as I've mentioned in earlier episodes, I do kind of just sit around and analyze things and specifically things about, I don't know, ethics and morality and I don't know, life, you know, just, I think a lot and, uh, it's a gift and a curse, but lately I've been trying to not as much, uh, primarily just cause lately I've been a little bit stressed out and anxious. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was having pretty bad anxiety in recent weeks. Um, you know, pretty much all of 2020, you know, since COVID started, it's just been like a kind of difficult period filled with a lot of uncertainty, as I think most people can relate to. Um, but, you know, like for me, uh, the best way to deal with that is I kind of tend to withdraw, I guess, um, at least from social media and all that stuff, you know, I mean, there's definitely a reason why I haven't been posting Instagram stories as much in recent months. Like, I'm sure I'll start doing that kind of thing again, but I just, for me, I just need to take a step back sometimes. And in the last year, I've had to do that a lot more than I ever really needed to. Um, but most recently, you know, I've just been frustrated and stressed out, um, by the house stuff, you know, as I've mentioned, I'm trying to buy a house. Quick update on that. 
Um, there've been a couple things that came up. Basically my whole thing has been, I check online every day, multiple times. And as soon as something worthwhile comes up, I hit up my realtor and I'm like, yo, check it out. And she's like, yeah, tight. And I'm like, sick. I know that was a great description, <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, yeah, sick. I'm going to drive down tomorrow morning and let's go check it out. And then the last time it happened before I could even leave, it fucking had offers on it and inevitably sold. We're talking like within 12 hours. Like I couldn't even get down to Tennessee fast enough to go look at it, much less make an offer. She was like, your options would be just make an offer on it tonight. And I was like, I haven't even seen it. And she was like, yeah, I don't recommend that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make an offer on a house. I've never even looked at in real life. So I developed a new game plan and basically, uh, now I'm going to, I've been basically just trying to get a shit, a shitload of stuff done the last couple of weeks. Um, so I can go down to Tennessee um, hopefully this time next week, or maybe even a little bit less, um, I'm going down to Tennessee and I am going to stay there indefinitely until I fucking have a house. So that's my plan. And thankfully I'm very fortunate in that everyone in Whitechapel lives down there. And I said something in the group chat, like, look guys, I got to figure this shit out. I need to just come down there and be in the area. So I'm ready to look at shit. Like, ready to jump on shit and ready to make an offer and try to buy a house. You know, if I'm there for weeks or something, you know, I, I don't imagine all of you would want me to like stay at your house for weeks at a time, but could I stay with one of you? And then maybe if I'm driving one of you crazy or something, go stay with someone else. And thankfully, uh, they were all incredibly supportive and are obviously like, yeah, man, we'll hook you up. And, um, so I'm going to go down yeah, in about a week. And, and this time I'm just going to stay um, until I have a place. So that's my plan. Uh, thankfully, in addition, you know, really, <laughs> once I finally have this house, I'm going to have to like buy everyone in Whitechapel. Like, I don't know. What's the thing that people buy for like people when they are trying to thank them? Like a card? Nah, that's lame. I don't want to just buy a, a boring ass card. Um, maybe I'll buy like Actually, maybe I will buy a card. I'll make some shitty cards. I don't know. I like to make gifts for people too. That's uh, like for Christmas this year. I think I mentioned it, but I got everyone in Whitechapel a customized mug. And each mug had a picture of me and them on it. And, and then also some text. Like Alex Wade's was this photo edit of me and Wade. There's this photo of him and I like making we're on stage somewhere in Europe. It was a big festival and he's like making this face at me on stage and I am making a face back at him. And like, I later zoomed in on that and like cut the faces up and put them right next to each other. And then I wrote on the mug living rock legend, Alex Wade. And, uh, <laughs> I just did something custom like that for everybody. Um, it was really cheap to do actually. I did it on Amazon and it was like, I don't know, it was like 20 bucks a mug or something. Um, so I got one for everybody and, uh, actually Gabe's was really good too. We were somewhere in Europe on that same tour. Um, and I was doing something on that tour. I'm definitely going to do it again at some point. Uh, but <laughs> that was, a. Uh, it was funny. Cause like one thing I noticed about Gabe really early on, right? So Gabe's like this big guy. And, uh, if you don't really know him, you kind of like might think he's like a tough guy, you know? 
Um, but he's a sweetheart. And you especially see that come out whenever I see him uh, like talking to his wife, Karina, who is my realtor in Tennessee. And uh, I noticed at, at one point, I think I did it uh, by accident initially where like, I was like, Gabe, I'm going to take a picture of you and send it to Karina on Instagram. And he was like, okay. And, and I went to take the photo. And as soon as I put the camera up, he like put on this smile that I like never had seen him do. Like he, like he knew it was going to his wife. So he like smiled a certain way. And I was like, that's adorable, dude. So then it became a thing where every day I would be like, all right, Gabe, smile. This one's going to Karina. And I took a picture of him every day. And he would always do this cheesy pose for his wife. It was adorable. And I would message her daily Gabe updates of Gabe around the world in Europe. And uh, <laughs> this shit was so cute. I don't even remember. Where the hell was I going with this? Oh, yeah. Gabe's uh, <laughs> Gabe's mug. Oh, my God. Um, so his mug was like. Was that where I was going with this? I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. I'm ranting. That's what my podcast is called. So the mug I got him, we were somewhere in Europe. And the picture I sent Karina that day, there were these two signs. I think we were in like Bulgaria or something. And <laughs> there was uh, these two signs. It was like a, a nightclub, but it was during the day. So no one was there. We were just like parked outside of it or something. And there were these two signs. One of them said VIP, like the VIP entrance. And the sign right next to it to the other door said normal. <laughs> and then I got a picture of Gabe like with his chest puffed out looking all tough next to the VIP sign. And then he took a photo of me next to the sign that said normal. And I, I was like kind of shrugging like, eh, I'm just normal. <laughs> and then I edited them together and uh, I put that on the mug. <laughs> and I think the text I wrote on that one was like the real v MVP or not MVP, uh, VIP. The MVP, the MVP too, though. That's right, Gabe. You're the MVP and the VIP, all right? Um, but yeah, so I just like doing that kind of thing. What the fuck was I going to say about that? Oh, I'll have to get somebody cards or something. I don't know, something nice to thank them for housing me while I look for a home while I'm down there in Knoxville. So that's my plan. And uh, in the meantime, uh, I've been trying to get a ton of shit done. Um, I got quite a bit done. I did a session job uh, from here in the last couple weeks and recorded some new drum videos again. And I don't even know what the hell else did I do. Um, Anoop and I have been planning out, uh, we're doing a new sample pack and, uh, for our company, RS Drums. And we were originally going to do the next one at his studio again, um, but we had the, this, this was my idea and he was just really into it. So, you know, for anyone that doesn't know all those YouTube videos I do, that is just my basement. Um, it's a concrete basement with standard height, you know, eight foot ceiling. Um, the walls are covered in carpet and I have sent stems to people, you know, even some pretty relevant engineers and, uh, all kinds of people that when they hear the stems, they're like, that room actually sounds pretty good. The one compliment I always get on the room is, is my room mics. And I have no idea why they sound good. I don't know. I mean, my room mics are in the other room 
the room I have like all my drum shelves in. And uh, I don't know why people seem to like them, uh, but they do. And yeah, it's it always kind of baffles me, though. And it worries me a bit that whatever my next home is won't have as good of a room sound, (laughs) even as the basement does. My hope is to get something even better. Um, But I've been very fortunate considering this is just, you know, the home I grew up in and I mean, shit, y'all, when when I was a kid, this basement was fucking disgusting. Like, concrete basement, you know, no, there was long before there was any carpet on the walls. Um, at one point, there was, like, a pool table down here, which wasn't – it wasn't a full-size pool table. Um, but I remember when I was, like, 15 or, or something, I, I must have been barely even that age – And I was like, Mom, I want to get rid of the pool table to make more space for my drums. Because if you can imagine, basically right behind me or almost right where I am sitting right now uh, is a pool table. So if you're if you watch one of my drum videos from the overhead view, you know, you see like the middle of the room at the top of the angle. Imagine there being a fucking pool table right there. And I was like, Mom, I want to get rid of that pool table. Like, we had gotten it for free from somebody um, that was, like, getting rid of it. And it was a huge pain in the ass to get down here. And uh, I don't even know why we got it because no one really used it that much. Um, But even though it wasn't a full-size pool table, you know, a big piece of slate like that, you know, still still weighs a lot. And she was like, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to get it out, you know. And then one day my mom, like she was like out for the day or somewhere for the night or some shit. I don't know. And I was like, fuck it. I'm getting rid of this thing. And we had like a small sledgehammer and I just fucking destroyed it. Like (laughs) I broke it. And thankfully, I don't know how I got away with some of the shit that I did when I was a kid. Like basically my mom came back and it was just in pieces upstairs behind the trash cans. And she was like, you fucking just destroyed it. And I was like, yeah, and she was kind of just like, all right. <laughs> I think that's how that went down, unless I'm fabricating that memory. Um, I'll have to ask her tomorrow. But, yeah, I just was like, get this shit out of here, and I got it out of here. Um, but, yeah, this is just a fucking regular old basement, and uh, there's nothing really special about it, but it's proven to have pretty good room sound, and Anoop was like, I pitched the idea to Anoop, basically. I was like, why don't we do like a a sample pack from my studio, you know, which is just my basement and, you know, make it basically a little bit more processed going in, uh, basically a little bit more plug and play um, than Inso. And the idea behind that was, I mean, basically with, with Inso, as drummers, Anoop and I wanted to make a contact instrument or a drum set instrument that was much more natural and organic than what a lot of the other ones seem to be. A lot of the other ones seem to be like super processed out of the box, um, sound great, you know, just as is, even without routing everything out uh, into your digital audio workspace, but very processed. And we wanted to make something more natural and unprocessed um, so people would have more control. And while that sounds cool in theory, it seems that so far that's not what people want. People want it to be plug and play. They want it to just be easy and they want to be able to open it up in their digital audio workspace and just use it. And I mean, I guess I get that, you know, 
Um, I guess Anoop and I kind of failed to realize a bit there that, uh, you know, our market for people buying this software is predominantly guitar players and not drummers or audio engineers. It's like people, you know, in their room that are just programming something for a song for fun or for a demo or whatever. And, uh, you know, I think we needed to make something we want to make something that's a little bit more plug and play. So we kind of want to have options for both in the future, but yeah. So anyway, the idea behind it is going to be a little bit more streamlined. We're not going to, it's not going to come with nearly as many drums. We kind of overdid it on Inso. Um, so we're just going to spend a lot of time getting everything to sound really sick, have a couple options for everything instead of like a metric fuck ton of snares like we had in Inso and, you know, just make it kind of a streamlined thing at a cheaper price point. Um, and we're going to do, we're going to call it, uh, I think the Fairview kit, which is the name of the street I live on. Um, hopefully that's not giving away too much information, but, uh, actually it definitely isn't. That's like one of the longest streets in, <laughs> in this city. So, uh, you wouldn't even be able to find where I live on it. Um, but yeah, the Fairview pack and, uh, we're starting it this week, so we've been planning it out. Um, really, it should only take a few days to knock out. So the sampling, that is. The the thing that's going to take the longest is getting everything to sound sick, um, just in terms of tuning. Like, I, I'm not worried about toms. Um, I was taking some test samples and sending them to a noop uh, the other day, and I sampled the kick... And he was like, dude, that's fucking sick. That's like the sickest kick sample I've heard in a while. He was way into it. And uh, I was like, all right, well, sick. You know, I was using my Star Classic Maple. So I'm not even remotely worried about the kick or the toms. The snare is the only thing that, you know, I mean, I'm good at tuning snares, but we wanted to have a very particular sound. And um, yeah, we're just going to as much time as we need to, to make it as sick as humanly possible. It's going to be some trial and error there for sure. Um, but that's just how it goes. So yeah. Um, that's what we're going to do this week. And then we got set back a bit cause we ordered some drum heads and cymbals and then we got this fucking crazy snowstorm and everything got delayed. I mean, shipping in general has been continually delayed, uh, in recent months and then the snow made it even worse. So, we didn't get the stuck didn't get the stuff before the end of the weekend and then we had to wait till I, I basically I can't really record here uh when there are other people in the house because you can hear them in the room mics <laughs> upstairs. So now we have to wait until this weekend. Um which has been a bit frustrating. Anyway, so I'm excited about that. That'll be really cool. And the whole idea really behind it, um is that we kind of wanted to immortalize, I wanted to immortalize this basement room because when I find a house and when I move out, um, it's very likely at some time, at some point shortly thereafter, my mother will not live here anymore either. And uh, that, that'll be that, you know? And uh, I've said this before, but is as excited as I am to move, as a very sentimental person, It'll be a sad time to, you know, let this basement go. You know, every gig I've ever gotten, 
I auditioned for by making videos in this room or all the practice I've ever done in my life almost has been done in this room. Um, so, you know, sad to see it go. But uh, more than anything, I'm, I, I definitely am excited to move. And it's about time. I mean, come on. I'm getting old. So I'm excited. But, yeah, it'll be cool to kind of immortalize the room in the form of a sample library. And uh, yeah, I think it'll sound sick as hell too. Anoop was really into the overhead sound. I did some test samples for him. Um, and him and I are both kind of shocked because I agree. I'm just kind of like, it's weird. I don't know. You know, normally a, a room like this wouldn't be what an engineer would think is like the ideal acoustics <laughs> for drums, but it's just worked really well for me. So yeah. Anyway, um, that's one reason I haven't gone down to Tennessee yet. Um, and that's been a little bit frustrating because, to be honest, all I really want to do right now is figure out my living situation. Um, but at the same time, I know that it makes sense to do this sampling before I go down because if I do it before I go down, I can take all the files with me. And while I'm down there with free time... I can actually start cutting all of it up. And that's the other time-consuming part. Anoop and I have to you know, physically go in and cut all the samples up and uh, render them in a certain way and you know, everything, get them ready for uh, the programmer to put together into an instrument. So um, it makes more sense for us to, to do this part now so I can actually do more work while I'm away. Um, but yeah, man, it's just... I don't know. Recent weeks have been frustrating and stressful, just trying to figure out different stuff and and also feeling like I don't have control over any of it. And I don't know, man. It's just been a, a time of a lot of uncertainty, and uh, that gives me anxiety for sure, as I'm sure you guys can relate to. So, uh, but, you know, in the end, shit'll be all right. And uh, it'll all work out. And yeah, I don't know. There's been some other shit, but I'm not sure I'll get into all that. Uh, I'm feeling all right right now, so we'll roll with that. Um, but yeah, the fuck else was I going to say? I don't even know. Oh, yeah, I, the other thing that happened, I can't say what it's for yet, but... Um, well, for one, I've started getting a few mixes from the new Whitechapel album, which sounds sick, and I'm very excited to hear the rest of it. And then on another note, I've mentioned that I did a session job in L.A. Uh, like this time last year, and uh, that album was supposed to be out by now, but then they pushed it because of COVID, and nobody is really releasing full albums right now because they can't tour on them right now. Um, but I got word that they are going to be releasing the album pretty soon. And uh, they also want to do a live stream and, and basically asked if I would do it with them. And uh, at first I was kind of like, I don't know if I, sh I mean, I haven't flown anywhere since COVID started. So is it like, is it a good idea to fly somewhere and do something? Like, I don't know, you know, but then I, in my head, I was like, you know what? Hopefully by the time I would actually go on this trip, I'd I'd have the vaccine. And if I don't, you know, I'm in an age range where I think I'd be all right. My primary concern with COVID 
in recent months was more because of my mother, you know, and her being in an age range that it could affect more. Um, but my mother now has gotten the vaccine and she just got her second dose in the last week, which by the way, fucked her up. Like she got really, I mean, they say that this happens, but particularly on the second dose, she got like really tired and, and sick for like a day and then it was fine. But apparently that's a symptom a lot of people are, are having with it. Um, primarily the second dosage of it, uh, but yeah, she's better now, and obviously it, was, it wasn't like she got the virus. She just, you know, it affected her, I guess, initially, and then, yeah. But now that she has it, I feel a little bit more comfortable going out and about and not worrying so much about, you know, potentially bringing it home and making someone else sick, i.e. my mother, um, who happens to be in an age range that it could affect even more, supposedly. Um, so now that she, you know has the vaccine. I've, I've started going to the gym again this past week, which is, oh my fucking God, I'm so thankful for it. Like, for starters, I definitely have put on weight because I fucking, I see myself at the gym and I'm like, oh, my belt's a little tighter when I'm squatting, you know? But I was also surprised that I was still able to do as much as I could do. I mean, I worked out like here and there during the pandemic and did as much as I could from home. And then at a certain point, I just gave up entirely um, and, and I hadn't lifted in months, but I squatted 225. I did three by five. And then I did like a drop set to 135 and just repped it out. And I felt like I could do more, honestly. I felt like I could have either gone up in weight or just done a five by five at 225. But I knew, and I was right, that if I went any higher than that, I'd be sore as Oh, hell. I mean, I was going to be sore no matter what because I hadn't done it in a while. But um, I was just surprised, I guess, that I had as much strength still as I as I did earlier, you know, a year ago. And I guess it's true that, you know, it takes a long time to build muscle. But once you have it, you know, it's kind of easier to rebuild it. And it's a lot harder to lose it entirely. Um, but yeah, so I'm definitely and I've been doing cardio again, too, which has been great. But uh, and obviously, you know, I'm careful. Like I have my mask on the whole time, socially distance and all that shit. Um, but holy shit, it feels good to be in there again. And I'm, I'm super, super excited to get back in a little bit better shape. And, uh, yeah, so I've gone like three or four times in the last week and, uh, yeah, man, that feels good as shit. I fucking missed squatting. Squatting and deadlifts are my favorite fucking lifts. Holy shit. I deadlifted last night. My entire body hurts, but I love it. I don't even care. Hell yeah, guys. Into it. Missed it. Fuck. God damn it. Anyway. What the hell else was I going to say? I don't even know. I've been losing track of my thoughts a lot right now. But, uh, yeah. The gym feels good. Oh, I remember. So, this band was like asking me about doing this live stream and I haven't gotten confirmation on everything yet, but it looks like I'm going to do it. I mean, I have availability. Um, Whitechapel's not going on tour in that time frame yet or anything like that. And, uh, you know, it's a good gig and, you know, it pays good and I like the music and, uh, 
you know, they're good dudes, so I'm down to do it. And it's uh, I, I would basically go out to L.A. They might have me come out for something at the end of March and then again in April. Um, but the only the only downer to that is just that I, you know, I'm trying to find a house right now, and that's kind of like my focal point. So if I am leaving in March for a few days – you know, and I haven't found a house yet. I guess I'll have to drive back to Maryland and then fly to LA and then fly home and then come back to Tennessee after. Um, we'll see. It's not the end of the world. Um, I guess I'm not sure. We'll see what happens when I get dates confirmed and all that. Um, but maybe there's a chance I could just fly to and from Tennessee instead of here. But we'll see. At any rate, regardless of, uh, everything like that. I'm just kind of really excited at the idea of doing anything in terms of music, <laughs> like playing music with people. And like, I don't know, you know, like I, I felt really motivated and stoked as shit when we were working on the new Whitechapel album. And, uh, you know, it was stressful sometimes and it was hard on my body and stuff just cause it was hard. But it felt good. You know, I'm a person, I think, I think as I've mentioned before that I, I like structure and I like having a goal and a routine of some kind and something to work towards. And, you know, the entire time leading up to doing the Whitechapel album, I felt that way again. And I hadn't really felt that much, uh, in the last year because it's just the longest period I've had at home. And, uh, you know, then when I got back from doing the Whitechapel album, I was kind of like, ah, shit, I mean, I, I always have stuff I can do. I always have stuff that I want to work on or get better at. Um, but I always find that, I don't know, like I need something specific almost, you know. Like in the last few days, you know, I I this band, if I end up doing this thing with them, again, I, I can't tell you what it is yet, but um, if I end up doing it, I have to learn some of their older songs too. And... Uh, yeah, like I just went ahead and started transcribing them and uh, I transcribed like five or five or six of them. And, uh, you know, but I felt stoked and motivated just because it was something to do musically. And uh, a lot of the times I feel like I'm more productive overall in that way, too, because like when I actually start working on the kit, you know, learning this material from sheet music and everything, I tend to be, I don't know, it's almost like I'll, I'll initially start by just working on music and it feels good, you know, like I feel productive, I'm working towards something and then let's say after however long, couple hours or whatever, I, I'm like kind of ready to take a break from working just on that material. It's like then I will spend more time just because I'm feeling good, like jamming and, and working on other actual drum things to improve like my drumming. If there's like a cool sticking or fill that I want to explore and work on or a specific groove, or if I just want to work on my feel and jam with something, whatever, I feel more motivated to do that kind of thing after I've done this other work. And I don't know, you know, it just helps me to have some kind of routine like that and uh, always have something to work towards. And for the most part, in the last 10 years, I, I have. Like, I've always had, oh, okay, this tour is coming up in, in this amount of time, or I got to do this drum event, or whatever. I got this album coming up I got to prepare for, and I've always had stuff to work towards. So I've never really had that problem until 
this last year. Um, so anyway, even in the last week, even though I'm already kind of like, oh, OK, I got to plan stuff out and start thinking a little different about how I'm going to fit everything in with trying to find a house and all this shit. I'm excited to have something else to do. And I'm really excited to go on the road with Whitechapel again whenever whenever we finally do. I have no idea when that'll be. Um, it still isn't really clear uh, when touring will come back. But uh, hopefully before the end of 2021, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I don't even know what else. I've just been a little stressed out and anxious, but I'm feeling pretty good overall. Uh, I did hit up my friend Craig Reynolds and ask him if he wants to do my podcast for once since I've been on his a couple times. Um, and I don't think he's even seen my message on WhatsApp yet, but I'm sure he'll get back to me. Sometimes we just take a little while to get back to each other. Um, that reminded me, though, that I did have a couple people write me. So I'll pull up those real quick. Where is it? Um, okay. A gentleman wrote me. His name is Kellen Olson. He was basically just saying that he liked the podcast, yada, yada, yada. I'm reading his email now. Um, don't worry, Kellen. I read it once before, but I, I don't have to read the whole thing on here. Um, to answer your question, Kellen, Kellen basically asked... Um, I would ask you when the next Ordinance album is going to drop um, and the next Conquering Dystopia album. So I thought I would answer this really quick. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, Ordinance was like a local band I played in when I was younger. Um, we have two albums out. They're both on iTunes and Spotify and all that. And they're very tech. Like it's tech death, basically. Um, but with some clean singing from time to time. And... Uh, Unfortunately, good buddy Kellen, uh, that probably will never happen. Honestly, I don't. I don't have any desire or or expectation to ever do another Ordinance album again. That was like something we did a long time ago. We were kids. Um, I mean, half of them. You know, I mean, it was four of us: Mike Semesky, myself, Greg Macklin, and Gunter Ostendorp, which is just about the most German name you can have. Um, <laughs> so badass. But uh, Greg lives in uh, Seattle-Tacoma area now, and he's got, like, a girlfriend, and he's kind of like a stepdad to her kids, and he's a busy-ass guy. And uh, Mike lives in Baltimore. I actually talked to Mike Smesky recently for the first time in a while, which was really nice. I hadn't caught up with him in a pretty long time. Um, and Gunter lives in Maryland still, too. He lives in, I think, in the Columbia area. Uh, he's a nurse and I don't know what else he does. I haven't talked to him much lately either. Um, I guess I shouldn't say never. It could happen, but I kind of don't really anticipate us doing that. I also don't know, like, I don't know, man, like the ordinance stuff was super tech. And while it is incredibly sick in a lot of ways, in my opinion, I don't know if I really want to do music that's just that nonstop tech anymore. You know, I, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I just am not as into it as I used to be. Um, yeah, we'll see. I would do another Conquering album, and we have talked about it, you know, here and there all the time. Um, but then everyone just ends up getting busy or something comes up. 
I do think it's more likely that a new Conquering album will happen sooner than later, but as to when, I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. So all I know is with Conquering specifically, it is something we all collectively talk about sometimes and that we all would like to do. And I think it's just a matter of timing. So um, at least, you know, I'm not disappointing you on two fronts, Kellen, hopefully anyway. Um, and thank you for writing, brother. I appreciate your kind words. Um, I'm glad you enjoy all my work. He also said some really kind things about me um, just about when he saw that I got like the faceless gig back in the day. And I appreciated that very much, dude. It was a, it was a nice thing to say. So thank you, good buddy. And uh, trust me, if, if I get wind of doing another Conquering album or another Ordnance album, I will surely let you all know. Um, and then I had one other email. I don't even know where it's at. Let me find it real quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. You guys might recall that uh, I had bats in my basement. Thankfully, there have not been any lately. I have had no bat issues. <laughs> God. At least I hope. <laughs> I mean, I fall asleep and then I don't know what happens, but... I do fall asleep every night now with the TV on. I always have – basically, the, the, the TV I'm looking at right now, I also use as a second monitor. And it's, you know, on the other side of the room to my bed. So I will just switch it to my – you know, switch the HDMI to my little Roku and turn on Netflix. And half the time, I don't even want to listen to anything when I'm trying to fall asleep. So I just – turn the volume off, but I'll just have like something on. And I literally only do that just to like have some light in the room because both of the times that I've seen bats down here, I'll be like laying in bed watching something. And the only light that is in the room is coming from that TV and there's some sound coming from it. And then I would turn the TV off and I would just like, it would be dark, you know, but my eyes would start to adjust to the darkness. And it was when my eyes were adjusting that I would see something like before I would fall asleep, I'd see something like flutter around and I'd be like, Oh my fucking God, there's a fucking bat. So it seems like they don't really come out if the TV's on. So I've been leaving the TV on in hopes of either a, just if there is a bat, it doesn't fly around or B uh, that I would see it more easily and know to fucking get up and get out of there and go find my goddamn bat net. God, that's right, guys. I have a net and I catch bats with them and then I take it outside, take them outside. But thankfully, I haven't seen any. Uh, for all I know, though, sometime later after I fall asleep, there could have been one. But anyway, this gentleman that wrote me, TJ, he was wondering... Uh, he was like, have you tried looking behind the carpet? Uh, basically, the carpet that I have hung on the walls, it's not completely flush up against the walls. There is some dead space between there. And uh, to answer your question, TJ, yes, I have. And I've basically there's a couple spots where you can pull the carpet up uh, pretty far. And I've done that and I've looked and trust me, dude, when I when I was first doing it, I was so nervous to look because I was like, what if I pulled this back and there's like three bats up in there? Um, so I would like, you know, do it all slowly. And I'm like looking with a light flashlight. Uh, but, you know, to my surprise, there were no there were no bats. 
So I have no idea how they get down here. And I don't know, man. All I can figure is that they're tiny. They're like they're little tiny-ass creatures, and I guess they can just fit through little holes. And I have no idea what little holes, but they got to be coming in somewhere like – I don't know, maybe, I, I suppose it's possible that they could come in through, like, the air conditioning duct, but it's sealed off pretty well. You know, this house is, is really old. We don't have central air. We have, like, wall units or window units. And in the basement down here, I have, like, this uh, standalone unit, and I had to install, there's, like, a tube that goes to a window where I, like, removed the glass pane and... I installed like a plexiglass pane that I cut a hole into, you know, for the uh, vent basically. And, but I did a pretty good job sealing it off. Like if anything, I would think that a bat would get stuck in the, the air conditioner tube, you know, before it would somehow get out into the room. So I don't know, man, but uh, yeah, thankfully I have not seen any bats. And also TJ said, that he enjoyed my story about taking too much THC. <laughs> oh my God. He said, uh, just the thought of you tripping for 20 minutes while finding the cash register. <laughs> and yeah, man, it is a shame about that place closing down. Uh, as I mentioned before, my favorite frozen yogurt place closed down and I wanted to go and support him one last time, but I accidentally took too much CBD oil and uh, got really high and it hit me while I was in the Froyo place and I got the fuck out of there and I don't even remember what I said to him. So I feel bad about that, but hey, um, yeah, I've been taking the CBD since then though and it's been great. I just took way too much that first time, like way too much. Um, I did not realize it was like a one-to-one concentrated thing and uh i took a lot and got really high and god damn it y'all i hate being high i hate it but taking the correct amount has been very beneficial and i've been sleeping almost too well there have been a couple times in the last like uh, few weeks where i i sleep through my alarms like they're loud as shit and i'm still just like sleeping through them you know um, for like 40 minutes or some shit. I almost missed a dentist appointment I had. Um, God damn, I don't even know how I made it. I went from being in like a dead-ass sleep to a, to a goddamn hygienist sticking tools into my mouth in like 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, anyway, I don't even know, man. I don't even have much to say right now. I just thought I'd do a quick episode for you guys. Um, I do have a couple people. Anoop is going to be coming down to the house uh, later this week. So I was thinking about asking him to just do an episode with me uh, while he's here. You know, we'll just do one together in a room, uh, which I think would be nice, actually, um, just to, in terms of like, I don't know, just the ease of being able to con converse with someone face to face. You know, I haven't really had the opportunity to do that on a podcast. Everyone I've ever done podcasts with, whether it be this one or other people's, it's always been online. And uh, we both, you know, record audio and then send it to the other person and and sync them up. But it'll be nice to do that in the same room. I haven't actually asked him about it, but I'm pretty sure he'll be down. So we'll see. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just trying to get through it, I'm trying to find a house, trying to stay busy. Um, 
in this year and yeah man i don't know it it's definitely gotten me down a bit here and there but um trying to stay positive which is not always easy uh, you know i i will be honest being able to go to the gym again has already lifted my spirits like monumentally um it's like kind of crazy even after the first time i went again i was just like holy shit dude i missed this and you know guys i'm not even doing like i'm not like crazy about working out you know like when i go in there it's it's almost like it can be a little bit intimidating when there are people that are just like clearly they are fucking serious about the gym you know like they're ripped as shit and I'm not really all about that. I don't necessarily like want to be the most jacked homie ever, you know? I mean, there was a point where I was really into it and I wanted to get, you know, even bigger and, and that kind of thing. But nowadays, it's not really about that to me. For starters, it's really hard to to do that and do drumming as physically as I do it regularly. Um, I don't know. A lot of people... I'll put it this way, man. Like the people that I know that have gotten super, super, super ripped and been able to maintain playing extreme metal drums a lot. I'm not going to name any names, but I know some that have been on steroids to do that. So it's like, it's a very, I mean, it's like I'm already exerting myself so much when I play drums regularly like that it's hard to do, at least for me. I don't know. Maybe there are people out there that can can do it all, but to then go spend hours and hours and hours in the gym and also try to consume the amount of calories you might need to consume to put on any kind of mass, I don't know. I don't know, y'all. Maybe there are people out there that can do it, but to me, you know, for me, it's just something I more just want to do to stay in shape and because I enjoy it and it makes me feel good. I mean... I think I've talked about this, but, you know, working out and like releases endorphins and all kinds, all kinds of shit. So it's just, it's good for your body, um, to do. And it definitely is crazy how much I missed doing that. So very stoked to be going to the gym again. That is for sure. Um, what else? I don't know, man. That's pretty much it. I'm, I'm not really even thinking straight right now. I just wanted to say what's up to you guys. Uh, I guess the only other thing I can think of that's new would be uh oh yeah i uh i started using new bass drum pedals to any of you drum nerds out there uh in my latest two youtube videos i used the acd unlimited darwin pedals and uh if you read my video description you'll see that i i said i left trick um but i'm also not fully officially endorsing ACD in the sense that like basically the deal is like Dennis from ACD has become a really good friend of mine. We send audio messages to each other constantly and uh, sometimes really long ones, like seven to 10 minutes. Uh, we'll have like full blown conversations over the course of days, you know, and I don't know, man, like he's just such a cool fucking guy and he's so decent. Like as a human being, he's just a good human being. And, uh, the one thing I really like about Dennis is that he's always striving to improve his pedal. And he just 
is really receptive to any criticism. Not that at this point there really needs to be any because he makes a phenomenal bass drum pedal. Um, but I don't know, man. Like in the last year, I had all this time at home, and as a huge nerd, I just have all these pedals and. I started using his. I got a set of them last time I was in Europe um, just because I was curious about them. And, and truly, I didn't have any intention of, of switching to them back then. I just, you know, I also have Axis pedals, Demon Drives, Speed Cobras, Dynasynchs, uh, something else, Dominators, the Trick pedals, the Pro 1Vs. I mean, I have a ton of shit. I'm just a nerd and I like messing around with it. And I was just curious about them. And uh, anyway, long story short, with all this time at home, you know, typically I don't, if I have like something coming up, like a tour or, or a recording, I won't try a new piece of gear if I think it could hinder my performance. Like, you know, because I don't want to get used to something, but have it not work for certain things and then try to switch back to the other pedal I use or whatever it is. And feel uncomfortable on them or not as confident on them when I then have to go tour or record. So a lot of the times I would put off trying stuff, uh, but because I had so much time at home, I did. I tried the ACD pedals for longer and I don't know, man, I just became really taken with them. Um, they're really, really well made and I don't know. It was difficult though. I, I guess the other thing is I don't I kind of just found that I wanted to have the freedom to use whatever pedal I liked without worrying about whether or not I'd get in trouble for posting about it on social media. And I basically told that to Dennis where I was like, man, I would like to just use your pedals, but would you be cool with me like potentially like say I mess around with the Tama Dynasync for a couple weeks and I'm recording some new drum videos and, you know, uh, I, I'm just, ha I happen to be used to the Tama pedals at that time. And instead of switching back to my ACDs, you know, just for the sake of filming videos and I filmed some videos with the Tama pedals, would you care? You know, if those inevitably like made it onto the internet, me being seen with a pedal that I don't officially endorse. And he was just like, dude, I don't care at all, man. You don't have to like, he basically was of the mindset where it's like, look, you don't have to officially endorse this product or or not, you know, like just use it. And if you like it, talk about it and promote it. And, you know, if you want to use something else from time to time, that's okay too. And that's kind of what I was looking for. Like it just made sense to me and, and he was very chill about it. And I'm kind of just, uh, I don't know, man, just with pedals specifically, I like being able to try different stuff out. And I think it kind of makes sense. I mean, with drumsticks, you think about drumsticks, right? If you endorse a company for drumsticks or drum heads or even drums for that matter, like a company, a singular company within the umbrella of that company has dozens of different types of all of those things, different heads, different sticks. Drum companies make different drums with different shells and hardware and sizes and all kinds of shit. But with pedals, like, and I do love my trick pedals, don't get me wrong, like, but it's just like, man, you know, you endorse a pedal company as like an exclusive thing. And then it's like, okay, well, there's not too much change for you to really mess around with different stuff because there's only, you know, X amount of pedals that a brand makes. And in fairness to Trick, they, they do make a number of variations of, of the two pedals that they make. So, you know, but I just wanted the freedom. There's so many phenomenal products on the market with pedals that I just wanted to be able to try some stuff out. So... That's why I did it, um, to anyone wondering. 
uh, for a more specific reason, at least. And uh, to be honest with you guys, it was kind of hard to leave Trick. Like, I'm, I don't know, man. I've always been kind of like a person that considers, I'm, I'm very loyal, basically. And anytime I've left a company that I endorse, I, it's important to stress to you all, for me, that those decisions have not come easily. <laughs> Even though, like, I think in the grand scheme of things, they're not that big of a deal and no one really cares. But, like, it just would upset me, kind of, you know? Um, but all the other companies that I've left that I was with, I had pretty good reason to. Like, I don't want to badmouth people that much, but, you know, for example, the switch from Remo to Evans... Um, you know, for a long time, I, I used Remo heads for years and I loved them. But to be perfectly blunt, the company just didn't care about me, you know, like at all. And it got to a point where like I would try to order drum heads that I like needed for a tour and I literally couldn't get a response out of them. Now, I will say in their defense, the guy that was the AR rep when I was with them got fired and they have someone else now. So for all I know, it's a totally different company now. <laughs> I don't know. But at the time, they just, I, I literally would have to email like four or five times to a point where I'd be like, guys, I will buy heads. I don't, you know, you don't have to give me anything for free. I will fucking buy heads. I just need someone to reply to me. I need to, I leave on tour day after tomorrow. And then I would end up buying my heads myself through Sweetwater, taking them on tour, and then continually continually trying to get a hold of the fucking company while I'm on tour until they finally would reply and send me heads on tour, which, again, sometimes would get – I don't know. There was one time that that happened, and they got sent to, like, the wrong fucking venue, and then they had to do it again. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. I first emailed you all about heads, like, eight weeks ago. Like, what the hell? And that was really frustrating to me to feel like a company just didn't give a shit about me. I mean, granted, you know, I'm no Vinnie Colaiuta, but like I work hard and I promote the products that I care about and that I endorse. And that's the least I can do is like, I mean, shit, like, I don't know. Anyway, that's why I left, you know, primarily. And then on top of that, it's like, okay, well, here's Evans. They also make rad, awesome drum heads. Uh, the rep that I was at with Tama, um, his name's Aaron Vishria. He stopped working at Tama. Thankfully, his assistant took over uh, Sam, who I also love, and he is the main rep at Tama now, which is great because he's awesome as well. Um, and Aaron ended up starting to work at Evans. And so that was the other thing is knowing I would go get to work with Aaron was like, holy shit, dude, that would rule. I love that guy. And uh, the biggest thing for me, too, with Evans and the the biggest reason that I was so, like, confident and knowing that I would be switching to a company that, you know, just made incredible stuff uh, was that, you know, basically in the early 2000s, <laughs> Evans got bought by Diodario. And Diodario is like the umbrella company that owns like Evans, Promark, Pure Sound Snare Wires. Uh, what else do they own? Um, they own like a cable company. Uh, you know what? I'll look it up. 
Let's see here. Uh, hold on, guys. What is the cable company? I can't find it. Whatever. They own a bunch of shit, basically. If I find it here, I'll let you all know. But yeah, they own a ton of stuff. And, and I guess at that point, when they bought, you know, a bunch more companies, they kind of had more money and to invest into like, uh, just innovation and changing things. And at that point, Evans, you know, they never made bad heads, but like in the last decade and a half, they've really upped their game, man. Like it's fucking crazy. Like the quality of the heads, like you never get for me, you know, the biggest difference in terms of quality with Evans and Remo is that Evans are more consistent for one. They're made by machines. It's all automated. Whereas Remo are handmade. And while some people might think like, oh, but handmade is like authentic and I don't know, something like that. The problem is that you you have human error. And you I, there were multiple times where I'd get Remo heads back in the day that were fucked up and just not right, you know? Um, a, a thing that happened a lot actually was getting a triple ply head, like a head that accidentally had too many plies um, and it was unusable in terms of the sound. But yeah, like just their innovation and their desire to continue, continuously work on making an even better drum head, which is shown clearly with some of the, the newer products they've put out in the last couple of years, like the UV1 and the UV2, you know, using UV light to cure this coating which makes it last infinitely longer. I mean, it's fucking crazy how long those goddamn heads last. So, you know, I don't know, man. Any company like that that is just constantly into innovation, you know, when, you, when you're getting an offer to work with a company like that that also makes incredible shit and the company that you were currently with was making not good shit or no, I'm sorry. They, they, it's not that they were making bad shit. They just didn't seem to even care about you even remotely. It's kind of a no-brainer. Um, so yeah, man, it's been a pleasure working with Evans, but my point of saying all of this is that anytime I've left a drum company, I've had pretty good reason to do so. It's not like something I just did willy nilly. And, and trust me, even then a lot of thought went into it because I don't know, man, I've always been freaked out of like upsetting people. And I don't know, you know, like there were times even where like, even though these companies, some, uh, when the ones that I've left kind of dick me over a little bit, you know, I still had relationships with them. You know, it's called artist relations for a reason. And I don't know, man, I would just feel bad. And at the same time, though, in the end, at the end of the day, I had a, a good enough reason. And I always kind of would go out of my way to like ex explain. It's not like I would just start using another company and not even tell the company I was endorsing that I'm leaving. And you'd be surprised how often that happens in this industry artists that just like don't ever reply to their artist rep again. And the next thing they know, like the, the reps like, Oh my God, what the hell? Like, I guess our artist left and now is endorsing this other brand. It happens more than you'd think, uh, which is kind of fucked up, but I would always send them an email and explain and be like, look, you know, X, Y, and Z, like, I appreciate what you guys did do for me, but you know, here are the reasons straight up. I'm just going to tell you. And uh, so anyway, Trick was the first one ever that I left really for no reason. Like there wasn't, it wasn't like I don't like their pedals, you know, cause I do, 
like they're sick and I still have them and I still intend on using them. Um, I just don't know if they're going to be my main thing anymore. And, uh, so I don't know, man, I felt really, really bad to leave the company in terms of that. Um, and again, when I say leave the company, it's not like I had like a stake in their business. It was just a company I worked with, you know, as an artist. So a little bit different, but I don't know. I just felt bad because like they, they, they took care of me and they were good to me, but you know, ultimately, and I, I'm not going to lie. I like thought about it for months. I was like, I don't know if I should. Cause I don't know, man, I just don't want to bum them out. But in the end, I eventually came to the conclusion that it was like, look, I really like playing on these ACD pedals and I really like having the freedom to use whatever, you know? So it's, I think going to be what's best for me to do this. And that's ultimately what I did. So, uh, at any rate, I will close this episode out. Um, I feel like this episode's been almost pointless. It's literally just me saying random ass shit, but I guess that's what it's called that for. <laughs> I keep wanting to like do, I don't know, more intricate or heavy topics. But then when I actually think about something I want to do, I'm like, man, I can't, I can't right now. Like, I don't know. I've just been mentally too drained lately. Um, but we'll see. Anyway. At any rate, yeah, I, I just want to say about the ACD pedals is uh, they're pretty remarkable. Um, very well done. There's also one thing I'm not – I don't want to spend too much time on this, but there are certain reasons like with Trick uh, – I don't know all the specifics of this, so please don't quote me on it, but – there are certain things with the trick pedal where I would say, like, why don't you guys try this? And basically their answer was, we've thought about that, but if we did that, it would violate this other pedal's patent for that part on their pedal. And from what I can tell with bass drum pedals is that in the United States, it can be very difficult to design a unique pedal of any kind because there are so many patents between all these companies. So it's like if Trick wanted to do something, it might violate an Axis patent, and then they couldn't do it without getting in trouble. Or that, at least that's what they told me. Whereas, you know, Dennis, <laughs> I think that's why, though, like I'm not sure if Dennis could sell his pedals in the U.S. because he lives in uh, in Europe. And I'm not sure he could sell them in the U.S. like through a legitimate dealer um i'm not really sure about that because i do i'm pretty sure that some of his designs would be in direct uh conflict with certain u.s patents the thing is u.s patents you know don't apply everywhere all over the world so he can sell them in europe and he can sell them here too it's just like i'm not really sure of the legality behind that i don't know i, I don't really know much about that whole part of business is you know how patents work and everything and all that shit but at any rate the one thing i do like about that regardless of the ethics or morality that somebody might think of in terms of violating a patent is that it's like look i'm an artist man like i don't fucking give a shit about the fucking patent law i just want something that's sick you know like and here's a dude that's basically like I'm just going to make the sickest pedal, fuck all these rules, you know? And he did. He just made a fucking sick pedal that, like, 
I don't know, man. It's like, to me, it was just kind of like, well, shit. Yeah, it's sick. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but yeah, I don't know. Like, that was kind of one thing I really liked is that it, there, you know, the one, there's one piece on my trick pedals that I've been using uh, when I was, you know, still using primarily my trick pedals. Um, in it's an upgrade part that uh, Dennis at ACD made. It was a, uh, uh, I think they, I think he still has it on his website. I think you can still buy it, but basically it's an upgrade part for the trick cam um, that essentially adds like a variable drive, variable drive lever, similar to like the Axis VDL variable drive lever. Um, it allows you to change the positioning of the linkage, and it's it's an upgrade part that ACD makes. And I've used that on my Axis pedals for the last few years, or I'm I'm sorry, not Axis Trick pedals for the last few years, and uh, I don't really think many people even know that I use that. Um, but it completely changed the pedal for me, you know, like being able to adjust that was monumental. And I remember writing to trick and being like, why, why don't you guys make this? Like you guys should make this yourselves. And they were basically like, we can't like, it would violate this patent. And, you know, that's the thing with Dennis, like he lives in Europe and a U.S. patent, unless the companies, I guess, filed for patents worldwide, which is like. I guess like way more expensive or something. I don't know. Um, if anyone's like an expert in patent law, like feel free to write me about it. Cause I'd be interested, but yeah, so they, they just wouldn't do it. And I don't know, part of me, part of me also wondered if like, this is going to sound terrible, but part of me almost wondered like, well, are they just saying that? Cause they don't want to make changes to their pedal or I don't know. Um, it could be, but I don't really have any reason to really think that other than the fact that I just overthink everything. So, um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like I just like that Dennis is kind of more or less like fuck all the red tape. I'm just going to make a sick pedal. And he did. And if you haven't checked it out, I definitely recommend you check it out. I will warn you in advance. They're very expensive. Um, quite to say the least, but uh, worthwhile. They're very sick, very well made, um, incredibly well machined parts and everything, and just the design in general. And trust me, if you have the money for a high end pedal like that and you're thinking about getting one, I really would recommend the ACD pedal because it's, uh, if there's one thing I know for sure from getting to know Dennis, and, and I mean, for a lot, I've actually known him a pretty long time now, um, since the company first started years ago, really, but in the last couple of years, we've gotten closer. Um, if there's one thing I know about him for sure, it's that he really, really, really fucking cares about what he makes. He is not in the business of making drum pedals to make money. That is for damn sure. He's literally just a nerd and, uh, he's always interested in making his products better and sicker. Um, so yeah, man. And again, the other cool thing about kind of endorsing his pedals now is, is that it's not like a full-blown official endorsement. So you very well may see me using some other pedals periodically just because I like doing it and it's fun. So anyway, guys, um, I think that's about about long enough for today. I'm going to go. I've been practicing. Uh, I've been trying to get better at my mixing. Um, it's my goal that I, I want to be able to, at the very least, do all my own drum video mixes and... Uh, I was working on a mix for a drum video that I put on my Patreon 
Um, if you're on there, it was the last video I posted, like the sneak peek one. Um, and since doing that, I, I made a lot of changes to it. And I actually, it was the first time I was mixing something on my own where I was like, oh shit, this is like what I want it to sound like, um, like in my head. And that was exciting. So ever since then, I've kind of been working on it more. And uh, I just want to be able to get shit to sound sick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, uh, man. I've just never really thought that I had the ear for mixing. Um, but I guess, it, like anything else, man, it just takes practice. And uh, a lot of messing around and trial and error. I was doing, I was bussing some stuff out and doing some stuff that I don't normally do. Um, and finding, figuring out some new stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's been really fun. So I'm going to go work on that for an hour or so uh, before I go to bed. And, yeah, guys, that is the whole goddamn story. Um, I'll try to probably do an episode again sooner than uh, the most recent one I did. And, uh, yeah, that's what's up, guys. I hope you're all uh, doing well out there. I hope your 2021 is uh, off to a good start and that you're continuously staying safe and healthy and hopefully get vaccines soon. How about that? That'd be tight as shit, right? Hey, all right, y'all. Have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. Peace out.